0: Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the President, please send them to pip at Christian Center We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast As we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. What a great weekend it has been. Thank you to each and every one of you who are joining in with us on this uh, Monday morning uh, voting eve, if you want to call it that, ahead of the midterms. And quite a few things to get into today and some things we just want to update on and look at. But we... want to start off again in the foundations of scripture and we're continuing going through the story of king josiah as he discovers in second kings 22 the book of law found in the temple after many years of the nation of israel falling away and want to go back over the last portion to close out going through 2 Kings 22 in verses 14 through 20. And I want to read this um, for several reasons, but um, to really highlight a few things and the importance of a key foundation in both the Old and the New Testament of having a positive relationship with prophecy in a day and age where prophecy is talked down upon and more so the the act of hearing from the lord um and more so the relationship is a better way to call it of of having a dialogue with the lord is talked down upon is we're seeing and revealing again dethroning of the thrones of iniquity, but a, a restoring of the foundations, not only here in America in a political sense, but in a spiritual sense throughout the rest of the world for the kingdom of God. So we see here in verse 14 it says, so Hilkiah, the priest, Ayakim, Akbar, Shapham, and Asaiah went to Huldah, the prophetess, meaning the wife of uh, of Shalom, the sons of uh, Tikva, the sons of haras, keepers of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke to her. What a pause there to just kind of blow a lot of people's ideology that, well, God can't use women. Uh, They shouldn't be this. They shouldn't be that. God will use whoever is listening. And in this instance, it's a prophetess in the Old Testament. Uh, Just a bit of caveat that has nothing to do with really anything um, what I'm trying to go through today, but it's it's an important factor in a lot of subjects. So God, yes, women, yes, God can and does speak to you. Now, she said in verse 15. She said to them, Thus says the Lord the God of Israel, Tell the men who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I bring evil on this place and evil. On its inhabitants, even all the words of the book, which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath burns against this place and it shall not be quenched. But the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus you shall say to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was tendered. And you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. So they brought back the word to the king and we're seeing here a restoration of a relying upon prophecy to reveal what is occurring and that's the purpose of of what we're trying to do here is is rely upon the lord for what is to come and we humbly hope we've been able to do that but also is um i want to pull this this statement up, and I want to, so you guys can see it, is the and yes, Sharon. I actually want to get to that. Um, is this, and I think it's something that needs to be reminded of again in this story of King Josiah. It, it says here in the future war of the church, it says Josiah received the word of God's prophets over the past several years, and since then, uh, this this book is is quite old the lord has been restoring the gift of prophecy to the body of christ paul tells us to desire prophecy in first corinthians 14 11 and in amos 3 7 says surely the lord does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants the prophets josiah understood as we must today that prophecy will help us understand the problem and point us toward the next step the lord requires of us and today just thank god for prophecy and committing Commit to receiving revelation through His gift, and and the reason we want to I wanted to go through this is to really highlight this season of transition, and where we're we're seeing and reminded more so. That's why I want to go through this this passage. Uh, here. It's just a reminding to listen to the Lord, so that we know the times and seasons of where we're at. And there's a lot yet to be revealed about what lies ahead, but there has been a lot revealed about what has the possibility of coming about. And um, I want to pull this up. And um, Miss Sharon pointed this out. She said that Chuck gave a word on Friday night at Jackie Tires in Atlanta, and he talked about three of the ten cities to watch that the Lord spoke to him that he should only go to and, and to watch. What happens? Houston, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and I—I I can't remember if he gave the other seven, but those were three. And obviously, you know, you can look at the World Series. Houston and Philadelphia were involved. Um, things going on in Atlanta, even from the past um, election cycle, even the last year of the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series against the Houston Astros, sadly, um, and after the all-Star game was taken from them for political reasons and moved to Colorado. And, and so you're seeing this fundamental reminder of a restoration happening. and and so there's a lot to to pay attention to to what the Lord's saying, just so that we're aware of the times and seasons. And sometimes there's things that happen in this instance in the King in, in the story of King Josiah that look, God's wrath will come down. He Is the lion and the lamb, and it's 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 happening. And sometimes you just need to be aware of it. And in this case, King Josiah's case, he got them protected them, uh, protected him um, by letting him peacefully go on his way. Other times, he protected them by taking them um, to another, you know, Babylon with Daniel uh, and, and being protected, and him being an example for Christ and leadership of another nation. And so. God can guide us through this situation uh, that we're going through. We just still have to continue to be in that relationship and honor the Lord and praise him through the situation that we're in. All right. So a few things we want to get to is in Israel, want to pay attention to this. uh, The election is still being quote unquote, officially verified for another two days. I believe November 9th was the final day that they said it would be official official. And, but Netanyahu still, and this is the problem before, this is why Israel's kind of in this selection, is they still have to come together and officially form a coalition. And there's a bunch of disputes around some laws that are I don't I really don't want to get into. There's just it's point on point on point on point on point that all these different parties that Netanyahu was able to make an agreement with before the election and saying, hey. If you get your votes, will you throw it at me, being the prime minister, etc.? So yeah, they did. But through this, they're trying to undo a lot of the policies and laws that set them backwards. Uh, And so they're they're negotiating. This is part of it. So we just want to pray for um, a unification of this government to move forward in hopes that uh, Israel can defend itself, be a nation that, obviously, hopefully, is someone who stands for the gospel, um, and and more so, the Lord tells us throughout Scripture, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so, all intents and purposes, we believe this is a a good move for this government to join a coalition, so we just want to pray for setting down aside pride, um, and that the peace of Jerusalem would would be brought forth um, through these negotiations moving forward so we want to stay atten- pay attention to that um, over these next several days as and, and the goal is is what they're trying to do the reason this is this is coming up is they're trying to really push to get the new government in as fast as possible and so we're seeing this is kind of the the birth pains of of them trying to rush to get Lapid out of Prime Minister of Israel and get Netanyahu in and there are people who have uh, some leverage here and they're trying to use it now will it fully come through yet to be determined but um, that's the reality of the situation okay so now moving back to the United States we have a lot of issues moving forward Pennsylvania Arizona a lot of things that have been happening now I want to point out a few things There was an interview with ABC that uh, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin gave where ABC News' John Carl really had a problem with the Republicans' response coming into these midterms and even after if they were to get power and more so get the advantage over the president. Of having the lead in both the House and the Senate about how doing investigations and all this stuff, he claims that President Biden has said he would work together with Republicans. You're also hearing from the Republican National Chair that um, Rhonda McLean that she says Republicans will work with Biden, but I think this is this is a, a one of the things that the left and the right have a lack of reality on, unfortunately is that you have two ideologies where you have the Republicans saying, we're going after Biden, we're going after Hunter Biden. And that's one of the things that, whether right or wrong, President Biden is is defending his son. It, I mean, what would else would you expect from a father? Obviously, there are issues there that you know Hunter Biden needs prayer for and deliverance of. And when you say you're going to attack him, and when you have the president in the middle state that he's in, what else do you expect? But I think this is, is a – a this is where things stand, is you have both parties, if, if things were working correctly, and her example is Bill Clinton. I think that's a good example, but the reality is I think too far wide, and it really shows in the comments President Biden made over the weekend of where the divide – how big the divide really is. And you see it when President Biden makes statements about giving a response to protesters about how there's going to be no more drilling, there's no more drilling, talking about going after, um, continuing to shut down coal plants, continuing to shut down um, gas drilling. He says, there's no more drilling, there's no more drilling. I haven't formed any new drilling. (laughs) That's the case. Um, And continuing just to, to go on and go on and say these things now the response from even somebody on the left is quite interesting i want to read this statement from uh, joe mansion because i think it just says a lot about this situation Joe Manchin, this is straight from his own Twitter feed. He said President Biden's comments are not only outrageous and divorced from reality, they ignore the severe economic plan the American people are feeling because of rising energy costs. Comments like this are the reason American people are losing trust in President Biden and instead believes he does not understand the need to have an all-in energy policy that would put our nation totally energy-independent and secure. It seems his positions change depending on the, the audience and the politics of the day. Politicizing our nation's energy policy would only bring higher prices and more pain for the American people. He goes on to say, let me be clear, this is something the president has never said to me, obviously. Being cavalier about the loss of the cold jobs for men and women in West Virginia and across the country who literally put their lives on the line to help build and power this country is offensive and disgusting. The president owes these incredible workers an immediate and public apology And it is time he learned a lesson that his words matter and have consequences. Now, the M.O. on Joe Biden is that he says things off the cuff. He does the exact same thing Joe Joe Manchin is accusing him of, of speaking what people want to hear depending on who's in the room. Now, what's quite hilarious is that Joe Manchin himself even agreed with the quote-unquote Inver- bipartisan infrastructure bill and I want to pull this up because this is his Twitter feed he goes on to to really <laughs> highlight some of the benefits of this double minded is, is the best thing that can come to mind on this is you vote for something that is really um, disastrous for the people of West Virginia but you therefore like Bash President Biden for what he said and doing what he, the very thing you're saying is a bad thing, um, but you vote for something that goes along with that same policy of shutting down no more drilling, no more coal, etc. And uh, President Biden made comments of the fact that we don't need this, it's too expensive, etc. It's quite interesting that he says that because at a time of energy crisis, uh, Germany, specifically in Europe, they're turning shutting off the wind turbines tearing them down and drilling for coal at a time where natural gas and oil are becoming more and more expensive and in their eyes in the foreseeable future it is becoming more and more expensive nobody's really talking about that because it's a it's a nixay and there are questions and concerns with the environment involved in that with strip mining and etc and things like that of how they're going to go about doing it which is a legitimate concern if you are so concerned about the environment. But the reality is is it's happening, and so you have to have to show yourself, well, why is this happening? Obviously, with the lack of oil and natural gas production here in America, where we were energy independent, unlike what the Biden administration likes to say and think, they are truly showing signs of being divorced from reality. I bring that up because you have now the White House Walking that, those statements back and saying this, saying that that really the president r- remarks yesterday of when this came out have been twisted to suggest the meaning that was not intended. He regrets it if anyone hearing these remarks took offense. Yes, I think they would take offense to that because you're changing the livelihood. We're realizing the situation we're in, in partially – of why it's going to continue to last for so long of inflation is because of the energy solutions that President Biden has done since day one. And what's interesting is they're claiming those things as being a positive of during this what they're calling an energy transition state that these decisions that President Biden has made since day one of cutting Keystone Pipeline, um, since day one not having any more Oil and natural gas leases being sold off of federal lands in waters, same type of thing Obama did, and preventing future production of energy for the future of making us energy independent. Saying those are good things. Okay, we'll, we'll see about that. Claiming that we're we're at a point in American history where we're we've never produced more oil, um, quite alarming. That's not the reality of the situation. And pulling from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve does not can is not naturally considered. Uh, and realistically considered, um, energy production. Okay, so you have this from the left. Then you have comments. This is very important to 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 point out. From President Biden going and attacking Ron DeSantis over this weekend of calling him Ron Desanctimonious. After talking about um, polling numbers for people who might run for the twenty twenty four presidential election, he talked about how he President Trump was at. Um, former President Trump was at seventy one percent polling, Ron DeSantos, this is the comment where he wronged at sanctimonious at ten percent, and Mike Pence at seven. Now, the problem with this is this does nothing good. Especially right before the midterms. This is nothing. This is this is one of those things where where Trump's ego and pride got in the way, and even the comments made by President Biden, ego and pride of pushing the certain agenda that I think we need to realize And I think this just shows from both sides, people, some people may like people, some people may not like of realizing that there is a way to go about this, whether on the right and the left to work together, to come together to, to heal the divide that is in this nation. It is a chasm of divide. And president Trump didn't start this. And in some ways he's helped, in some ways he hasn't. President Biden, some ways he's helped, some ways he hasn't. You may agree or disagree, that's fine. But the reality is, is we're at a state where even after these midterm elections, there's things that the American people, not just politicians, more so the American people, are going to have to come together on, and that's why we want to pray for the voters the people of America, to have an understanding of what the biblical morals are in some form or fashion and to vote based upon biblical moral values. Because right now, the <laughs> if you're listening to anything, you're hearing advertisements, you're seeing commercials of abortion, 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 Democrats attacking Republicans, Republicans attacking Democrats for inflation, high crime, etc. and stuff. And some of these are valid issues that need to be discussed. And... You have some politicians running away from these issues, and attacking personal, and these are things that need to be discussed moving forward. And and the solutions aren't necessarily as forthright as people might believe, but there are solutions that, if came together, both the right and the left wings can work together in flying in harmony as we have in the past. Not perfect, but a step in the right direction. Now, in uh, some cultural news, I think this is quite interesting. Is because a lot of people um, want to attack Elon Musk for his decision to fire people and lay off people at Twitter. But now you're seeing at Facebook, they're projected um, from reports to lay off uh, around 10% of their workforce. Which is an expected uh, 87,000, which a lot of this, 87,000 employees, is a lot of, they hire certain companies who hire people so they don't have to deal with the paperwork, HR, etc. and stuff like that. So a lot of this is they'll just be laying off and really ending contracts with third party companies to do certain things, content moderation, um, the whole metaverse thing has been a big failure. Uh, a fifty, I think, what, fifteen billion dollar investment. He's going to continue to go on in this. So it's it's on a cultural standpoint. Um, this just shows even Facebook in the tech sector is realizing, yeah, we're losing money, and so we need to pull back. And one thing you've you've noticed is this: is through all this censoring and stuff, and these issues with Twitter and YouTube, and and shutting people out, Facebook's been. They might be monitoring some things, but they're not pulling as much. And it could be because they've pulled a lot of people and people just aren't posting on Facebook, at least um, controversial things. But what we're about to see is they've been quiet. They haven't really been censoring anybody. They've been censoring us, um, which is quite interesting. And they've kind of pulled back a little bit there. And the reason I want to point that out is because it's something to watch over really these next – 48 to 72 hours of what happens with, um, like what Miss Karen is talking about how, um, Arizona is predicting that it will be before December. It won't be before December till the final vote in Arizona is counted because of some potential, <laughs> um, election issues that are about to happen. We have the same issues in, um, Pennsylvania of being warned that well, we may not know uh, the final vote count until a couple days after, and then you have Biden administration officials saying, "Well, this is not nefarious. This is not anything to be concerned about." Of there will be uh, water pipelines that break, um, security systems that go off, people forget their keys, etc stuff like that. That it just happens, and so you just need to be ready for it and okay with it when it happens. So, um, again. We want to pray for these elections. Not only do people vote properly, but that the true vote does come forward. Legal vote, <laughs> to say the least, comes forward. And, and just with all these things going on, hopefully the the parties and the people and the communities where these elections are at, all across this country are taking place have put standards in place to protect people's ability to first amendment rights to speak and vote how they deem they want to vote without any interference, any manipulation, projections, etc., things like that. And then last thing, I said we'd follow this story, and for those who, who missed this one, is there are uh, now two cases. I've talked about one of them involving the FTC and the SEC where they are being challenged on their really backhanded authority um, outside of the courts, the U.S. court system and where they're dealing with some things with private companies, advertisers, investors, relations where they do things within their own court system of being judge, jury, and executioner. And there are two cases that are going before the Supreme Court today that we want to pray for, Golden Court cases. And the decision ultimately won't come out until next June, but they're going to hear it now and then have their ruling. The, this would be huge to really – this is part of – call it draining the swamp, but more so curtailing and reining in uh, the alphabet soup that's out there. This. I think people are not paying attention to this, especially with the elections and stuff. But this is these are huge cases. Um, if people really took the time to understand them, and as part of them, I want to get to the names of them. Uh, the first one is obviously Axon um, Enterprises uh, versus the FTC. We talked about that one, and then there's another one uh, with an accountant, a Texas accountant named Michelle Cochran, who has some issues she did some things with the sec uh, and the SEC's investigating it but the issue is is whether the sec has th- the authority to do things privately or go through the actual court systems and handle down the proper punishments that they are given within the authority from congress and the issue is is that the sec and FTC are basically allowed to investigate and allowed to get involved in Places where they have authority, the investor relations, the FCC advertisements, and, and things of that matter, but they have to do it within a framework. And what the SEC and FTC have been doing is taking it outside of that, in this case, congressional authority given to them, and saying, well, we get to play God in this instance. And if you don't go with us, then we're going to make life a living hell for you. And they have done that in the past. And so. What these people and companies are trying to do is say, hey, if we're going to deal with you, let's deal with you. But let's deal with you in the context of the authority that, that has been officially given to you and not step outside to where you get to play judge, a jury, and executioner, which would be a huge thing. And there is the um, – I want to make sure I get this right. The, the uh, U.S. Commerce um, – Where is it? The U.S. Commerce Chairman chairman who talked about how this is what's needed. The Supreme Court needs to rule on side and and really against the FTC. Uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce Business Group has urged the Supreme Court to rule against the agencies. You also have a liberal American economic liberties project um, advocacy, advocacy group saying that there is absolutely a war on the administrative state happening right now and that ultimately these cases, if ruled against the FTC and SEC, will make it harder for the SEC and FTC to do their job, which is, that's the point. That, 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 that's what you want, is you need to do your job. Yes, your job is hard, unfortunately, but that's the realities of how it needs to be. Now, the question some you could obviously say is, as well, do these things really need to exist? That's another question for another day, but for right now is if they're going to exist, they need to follow the laws and follow the procedures and the authority that they've been given. In this case, these two cases of Axon versus uh, FTC and Cochran versus the SEC will really help, if ruled properly, help rein in the swamp, government overreach, tyrannical overreach. In look, if there are disputes, that's fine. Deal with it within the framework allowed to you by Congress. But we can't go and say, "Well, those law our laws, or First Amendment, Second Amendment, etc." The U.S. Constitution doesn't matter because you want to punch somebody for whatever reason. I.e., if you uh, want to have church, this this is where these things apply. Because if you can establish this precedent of saying well this alphabet soup can do whatever it wants then who's to say they can't start an alphabet soup to shut down churches just because we don't agree with the bible so this has ramifications far and wide and if certain leaders are put in positions of power could help rein them in and so we want to make you guys aware of that hopefully you guys can continue to pray for us um, and just pray for the lawyers in this case who are trying to stand up for freedom and for the Supreme court justices, as this will be an issue that is not out there in the public sphere, but has widespread ramifications for now and in the future. So um, hopefully (laughs) you can be at peace today and tomorrow with the coming midterm elections. And we're just going to continue to pray what we have been praying, what the Lord has been showing us to prepare people for the season ahead. Um, just because, you know, things go a certain way or the other doesn't mean that the Lord can't provide a way to to, to help you get through this in a peaceful way. And so uh, ul- ultimate reliance is upon the Lord, and we just want to continue to stand on that, stand on the wall, praying for this nation the office of the president so that souls can be saved, we can keep our emotions in check, and the gospel of the kingdom can be spread throughout this nation and into the rest of the world. So blessings, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.